You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here. Welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and a Klaus as we navigate you through life without sports, but Still plenty of things to talk about here as uh, we'll get into that here in, in this week's show. And uh, starting out first, guys, we learned on Monday morning, first thing, uh, the Big Ten has um, lifted and moved um, you know, that, that ban on organized activities that was set for May 4th to now June 1st. So w- what does that mean necessarily going forward? Um, I, you know, a few things. Number one, um, the earliest that Nebraska could actually or any team in the Big Ten could start an organized workout program would be June 1st. Um, And and that's about normal if it were to stay on that path. Uh, Normally, under Scott Frost, Nebraska starts in about mid-May. They do about three weeks um, of additional workouts that maybe Mike Riley's staff didn't do before. Um, But the key, the other thing is your newcomers. that. June 1st now is kind of what Nebraska can target as, all right, June 8th is the first day of the second five-week session. Granted, that's online, uh, but maybe they can get these guys now on campus, the newcomers, in June. Um, But as we know, that could all change um, again as it changed before. Um, But you just keep your fingers crossed, I think, that this country will be in a much better place starting on June 1st. Yeah, I think as it stands right now, assuming that June 1st um, deadline holds, uh, it, it won't disrupt all that much. I mean, obviously, to, not counting the, the, the loss of spring ball and whatnot, but um, looking ahead to uh, the, the off season, uh, you know, I know with basketball, even before that deadline was pushed back, they were already planning on starting on June 6th with their summer workouts and getting everybody to get back to Lincoln, um, basically to line up with the start of the first five-week summer session. So really, in that regard, things won't be altered all that much. I mean, all things considered. So uh, fingers crossed that that holds true because, you know, long term, I don't know if it would be as major of a disruption as maybe we once thought. Well, the interesting thing about it is that it it lines up with the current recruiting dead period, too, that the NCAA extended back, um, you know, before before mid-April or whenever they had originally set it, and then they extended it to uh, June or May 31st. So June 1st is when – Technically, when recruiting could could possibly start back up and and then all of a sudden now, uh, you know, football related activities and whatnot could possibly start up. So, um, you know, I I think I'm hopeful that it can happen. Um, You know, I feel like it probably will when you're looking at some of these other sports that are starting to get going. Um, You know, I, I think PGA. Uh, they're having an event in mid-May here in a couple weeks, uh, kind of a small deal, but they're they're going to be opening back up uh, full-time here in, in mid-June, and I think a lot of other places or a lot of other sporting leagues are, are kind of gearing towards that as well. You get the sense nobody wants to make the first move. Yeah. They, they all want to kind of let somebody make the first move, and if it goes good, we'll follow what they're doing. If it goes bad, well, that's why we didn't do it, you know. So I, I think everybody's kind of got a cautious approach, which I get it. That's that's the approach 
um, you know, you, you want to take right now. You don't want to be someone that causes this to get worse or somebody gets sick or even worse than that. So um, it, it will be interesting just how the conference moves forward with this over this next month. Uh, Nate, the other big thing would be the recruiting visitors. Um, there's three weekends in June um, that you can have recruits in. The camp window is 21 days there in June as well. So if they were to return June 1st and recruiting activities could continue you, you might be able to have some sort of camps and have official visitors. I'm not as optimistic about camps happening, but um, you know, best case scenario, maybe you could actually have some visitors come to your campus. Yeah, I'm I'm fully expecting June to be absolutely crazy uh, as as far as recruiting goes, as long as everything opens back up. I mean, you're talking about you might see midweek visits. Yeah, I mean, you're going to see uh, visits happening every single day. It's going to be crazy because. There's so many players that haven't been able to take official visits, which uh, technically started on uh, or would have started on on April 1st. And all these unofficial visits uh, have not been able to happen either. And so, I mean, literally every single recruit that I've talked with since all this started has had to cancel at least a handful of visits that that they were planning to take. And and so, um, you know, I think that as long as the dead period is lifted at that point in time, you're going to see a lot of players trying to make as many visits as possible. Yeah, it's going to be the same way for basketball, too. Uh, Going back to April, uh, that weekend before the spring game and the weekend of the spring game were supposed to be two massive visit weekends for Fred Hoybrick and his staff. And obviously with that out the window, uh, they've been, you know, kind of had their hands tied to trying to utilize their best recruiting tools. So I would imagine as soon as that opens up, um, they're going to start bringing in some unofficial and official visitors, particularly with the 2021 and 22 classes uh, to really get the, the their foot in the door on some of those guys. So it works uh, for other sports as well. And then uh, in other news guys this week, Nebraska football added a pretty high profile walk on John Bivens. Um, this is a guy that took an official visit to Nebraska um, back in January of 2019. He visited the spring game of April of 2018. That would have been Scott Frost's first spring game. So they had been recruiting this guy for a long time. Um, Nate, he he was not an academic qualifier. And then was it kind of a Braylon Hurd, Charles Jackson type deal where he had to ex- go an extra year to kind of meet the requirements? Is that the deal? Yeah. So, yeah, not only was he not an academic qualifier, but was, was close. Um, he also suffered a severe knee injury his senior year. Multiple ligaments. Yeah, multiple ligaments, like ACL, MCL, um, and, and another. I mean, basically, he shredded his knee. And so – um, you know, after that happened, he had a lot of basically everybody except for Toledo dropped off of him. Uh, and Nebraska still recruited him, um, and, and they brought him in for an official visit. And I think they were just kind of keeping tabs on his on his academic progress and, of course, his health. And um, you know, and he he opted to continue to work on his academics instead of going the JUCO route or or going to a lower lower level, um, you know, football. And, and so. Um, you know, it, it worked out for him, and it's it's. I mean, it's a great pickup. It, it's a it's a low risk, high reward type of scenario when you can get a guy that had offers from USC. You know, USC was one of his finalists. Um, you know, before the injury happened, and and now you're getting this guy as a walk on. So, um, and he's a power back. 
Yeah, I mean he he does he's a big back. He's 6'2", 205, 210. Um he he's power back, can run between the tackles, but he's also, you know, pretty skilled. Uh I mean he could play wide receiver if they really wanted him to. He's got great hands. Uh he's a receiving threat out of the backfield. I know Ryan Held really before the injury happened, he he was one of Nebraska's top running back targets in that class. Uh, because he can do everything. He can catch out of the backfield. He can line up as a as a wide receiver. Um, you know, he's got a power element to his run game. He's I mean, he's a pretty dynamic player, assuming that he's back to his pre injury self. And and I think that's the big question right now is that that knee injury was so severe that you, you don't know exactly where he's at. And we've seen this kind of play out before with you know like a Ronald Tompkins type of deal. So, uh, but again, you're getting him as a walk on. So why not? Yeah, and he hasn't played. A- game since his junior year of high school well, so he played a couple couple games his senior year oh he before, did i didn't yeah, realize that before Late. the before the knee injury uh happened so oh, okay so the knee injury happened his senior season not his junior season well it happened his junior year he tried coming back and then they basically shut him down so yeah it's it's been a you just wonder what that's going to look like um and he'll be a walk-on as as we mentioned um so really no risk for nebraska other than hey if he's good um it will work out if not you know he'll he'll walk away probably from the game but uh, much more to come here on the show we're going to talk about what could memorial stadium look like this year um for home games i mean we're we're a lot of ideas a lot of discussions what are your suggestions what are your thoughts we're going to get nate and robin's thoughts on that and more here next you're listening to the husker online show